In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. the Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to our Sunday celebration of Mass. We invite the young children, not the children who are going to be enrolled, uh, to go to the hall where they will celebrate the Word of God on their own. This morning the whole church celebrates the third Sunday of Ordinary Time and we welcome especially uh, the young children who are to be enrolled for the Sacrament of Reconciliation who are here with us and to attend St Charles's Primary School. We welcome uh, themselves and also their teachers and also their parents and family members who are here with us. Welcome, boys and girls, for this special ceremony which you take place in, uh, you take part in to prepare for the Sacrament of Reconciliation. <coughs> Later on this week, uh, we'll celebrate the feast of our patron, Saint Bride, and the opening hymn reminds us of the importance of the saints who bring us consolation and strength and guidance and support in our lives. To begin the Mass and to offer the Mass more worthily, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, bless Mary, ever virgin, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. <coughs> 
And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, direct our actions according to your good pleasure, that in the name of your beloved Son we may abound in good works. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. reading from the book of Nehemiah. Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, consisting of men, women, and children old enough to understand. This was the first day of the seventh month. 
on the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women and children old enough to understand. He read from the book from early morning till noon. All the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood in a wooden dais erected for the purpose. In full view of all the people, since he stood higher than all the people, Ezra opened the book, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people raised their hands and answered, Amen, Amen. Then he bowed down and, face to the ground, prostrated themselves before the Lord, and Ezra read from the law of God, translating and giving the sense so that people understood what was read. Then Nehemiah, his excellency, and Ezra, priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people, said to all the people, This day is sacred to the Lord your God. Do not be mournful, do not weep. For the people were all in tears as they listened to the words of the law. He then said, Go, eat the fat, drink the sweet wine, and send a portion to the man who has nothing prepared ready. For this day is the sacred to the Lord. Do not be sad. The joy of the Lord is your stronghold. The word of the Lord. joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The law of the Lord is perfect. It revives the soul. The rule of the Lord is to be trusted. It gives wisdom to the simple. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The precepts of the Lord are right. They gladden the heart. The command of the Lord is clear. It gives light to the eyes. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The feet of the Lord is holy, abiding forever. The decrees of the Lord are truth, and all of them just. The joy of the Lord is our strength. May the spoken words of my mouth, the thoughts of my heart, win favor in your sight, O Lord, my rescuer, my rock. The joy of the Lord is our strength. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Just as the human body 
Though it is made up of many parts, it is a single unit, because all these parts, though many, make one body. So it is with Christ. In the one spirit we were all baptised, Jews as well as Greeks, slaves as well as citizens, and one spirit was given to us all to drink. Nor is the body to be identified with any one of its many parts. If the foot were to to say, I am not a hand, and so I do not belong to the body, would that mean that it, it stopped being part of the body? If the ear were to say, I am not an eye, and so I do not belong to the body, would that mean that it's not part of the body? If your whole body was just one eye, how would you hear anything? If it was just one ear, how would you smell anything? Instead of that, God put all the separate parts into one body on purpose. If all the parts were the same, how could it be a body? As it is, the parts are many, but the body is one. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you, nor the head say to the feet, I do not need you. What is more, it is precisely the parts of the body that seem to be the weakest, which we are all indispen- are, are the indispensable ones, and it is the least honourable parts of the body that we clothe and with, with greatest care. So our more improper parts get decorated in a way that our more proper parts do not need. God has arranged the body so that more dignity is given to the parts which are without it and so that there may not be disagreements inside the body, but that each part may be equally concerned for all the others. If one part is hurt, all parts hurt with it. If one part is given special honour, all the parts enjoy it. Now you together are Christ's body, but each of you is a different part of it. In the church, God has given the first place to the apostles, the second to the prophets, the third to the teachers, after them, miracles and after them, the gift of healing, helpers, good leaders, those with many languages. Are all of them apostles, or are all of them prophets, or all of them teachers? Do they all have the gift of miracles, or all have the gift of healing? Do they all speak strange languages, and all interpret them? The word of the Lord.
the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Seeing that many others have undertaken to draw up accounts of the events that have taken place among us, exactly as they were handed down to us by those who from the outset were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, I, in my turn, after carefully going over the whole story from the beginning, have decided to write an ordered account for you, Theophilus, that Your Excellency may learn how well-founded the teaching is that you have received. Jesus, with the power of the Spirit in him, returned to Galilee, and his reputation spread throughout the countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as he usually did. He stood up to read, and they handed him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling the scroll, the place uh, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord has been given to me, for he has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to captives and to the blind new sight, to set the downtrodden free, to proclaim the Lord's year of favour. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the assistant and sat down, and all eyes in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to speak to them. This text has been fulfilled today, even as you listen. The Gospel of the Lord. Later on in this week, uh, many dioceses throughout uh, the world will celebrate the Feast of St. Bride, especially dioceses that have a connection with Ireland. She is a saint that is said to have lived between the years 451 to 525 in Ireland and in the far-flung places that are associated with Ireland. She is... Uh, just as popular as St. Patrick is. Even in our own diocese, there are five churches which are dedicated to St. Bride. And many towns also throughout Scotland and Ireland have a special connection with her. Neighbouring town of East Kilbride is a town which is associated with the church of St. Bride. Uh, Probably from many centuries ago, the word Kilbride means church of bride. We're not exactly sure uh, whether Bride, in actual fact, lived or in actual fact existed. And before you fall off your seats, I should maybe explain that a wee bit better to you. Celtic scholars and historians point out that Ireland, in the 5th and 6th century, there was also a goddess named Bridget, who lived at the same period, who was worshipped by the pre-Christian peoples, in that land. As it turns out, there are many similarities between that Bridget and our Bridget. Bride herself, the goddess, has the same feast day as our bride has. Our bride is a healer, and so supposedly was this goddess. This goddess was a goddess that gave good advice, and so is St. Bride supposed to be like that. 
like our bride, this goddess encourages hospitality. The Celtic scholars and historians tell us that very often the Christians themselves in these centuries merely Christianized things, practices, places of worship, and even adopted their holy people as our holy people. The scholars then would suggest that our bride may never have existed, but is just a Christian person who has somehow been grafted onto this goddess. We have grafted onto the pagan goddess the face, if you like, of a Christian saint. The 5th and 6th centuries were certainly a time in which people had uh, few things. They weren't able very often to write. They had few books. And, of course, writings uh, existed in a very kind of minimal way. A more remote place than Ireland would have been difficult to imagine. The cultured or civilised people of those days thought that the Irish were barbarians. But we've come to know, of course, that they had a very sophisticated civilization. A grey veil, if you like, descends over the matter, if you like. Was Bride just a construct of the Christian church? Or was she, in fact, a singular and unique person that we've come to know and has been remembered down through the centuries and her memory has not been extinguished? I think you have to realise that the church of the 5th and 6th century in Ireland was far different from the church that we would recognise today. Bishops and priests and seven sacraments and the life of the church that we associate today would not have been the church that they themselves uh, would have recognised. People simply gathered around holy people and holy places, like Patrick and Bride and also the like. These people themselves, who were called the Celts, of course, became Christians and merely carried their pre-Christian traditions into Christianity. Light and fire and water and walking in circles and pilgrimages were the order of the day for them. Even today, it's the mark of Celtic Christianity, holy places, holy wells, places of pilgrimage, remote places uh, that people go to. The thing about Bride herself that we've come to know is that her story of her life was written many centuries later and there are many legends that are associated with her life. As a young woman it is said that she prayed to be ugly so that she might not attract a suitor for herself. I certainly know many people in life that have prayed to be beautiful but very few people that have prayed to be ugly. We don't know how successful the prayer itself was. She liked cows, apparently, and used to, the cows themselves used to milk all day long for her guests. She liked beer as well. I can see some of your eyes light up at that thought. She served her visitors who came to visit her plenty of beer. She was also regarded to be a latter-day doctor. People would come to her for healings of body and mind and spirit. And she was herself associated with wise words, gave good advice and guidance to people of rank, but also to people who were ordinary people. It's said of her that she was able to stop the wind and the rain, 
and as you can well imagine, that would have been a great thing in Ireland. We know that St. Patrick himself was said to have driven out the snakes from Ireland, while Bright herself was said to have uh, thrown out the wild cats from Ireland. She founded a holy site, which still exists today, called Kildare. It's a major religious site in Ireland, and it has been down through the centuries. I don't know whether all of these legends actually occurred, but what I do know and what I surmise from them is that there's a kind of residual memory of bride in them all. Healer, wise woman, welcoming person, generous to strangers and gracious to people in need. That's the memory itself that didn't die over the centuries. Someone who passed on the faith with grace and, of course, a faith that could be understood by ordinary people. I think I may have mentioned to you before, if you've been here, that that certainly is the vision of this parish church in some way to grasp that spirit. That it will be like a place of Kildare, like Kildare, a place of healing for those who are troubled, a place of wise words for those who need guidance and direction, a place of hospitality for those who need to be welcomed, a place where people can receive miraculous things in their own life, a place where faith itself is handed on to others. The scholars would like to fight out the fact whether Bride herself was a latter-day goddess or maybe she was a Christian saint. We leave that to them to discuss. But I feel very much, especially as we come to celebrate her feast, that her spirit is among us. She shapes our life in a special way because we're here. For this place is a place of healing and wise words and hospitality and guidance. The very spirit of bride lives among us. I think of those blasted heaths on which she herself must have moved her hair whipped by those terrible Irish winds, her clothes and her cloak strapped tightly around her. I think of that home, that small home, which she herself lived in, which she beckoned others to come into, to be seated, to feel welcome, to be healed and supported, to be inspired by the grace of God. I hope in a special way this parish and this church also possesses that same spirit, the spirit of bride, we hope that's alive among us. We ask the young children who are going to be enrolled for the sacrament of reconciliation to please stand.
may invite you please to stand. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Your words are spirit and life. Your words gladden the heart. With confidence in God's word, which lightens our way, we once again pray. For those who have lost their life in Brazil when the dam burst, and for the family that grieve their loss, Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For Pope Francis on his visit to Panama, that his words and presence may inspire all the young people who attend World Youth Day to know God and stay close to him in their life. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For young children who have been enrolled for the sacraments of reconciliation, that they may trust in God's mercy and love for them. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For our country deciding on what road to take in the world, and for all those who represent us in Parliament. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For those who lost their lives in the churches in the Philippines, for an end to the violence in that place that takes the life of the innocent. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For those who are in prison, that they may come out of prison life, having served their sentence to a new and better life. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For the many victims of the Holocaust and for the relatives who mourn their loss and for a greater commitment from all to challenge the roots of prejudice and violence. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For doctors, nurses and carers who look after the sick and elderly, that their care and attention may bring much needed help to all those that they look after. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For all who have died, especially Christopher Michael Kelly and all that we are asked to remember. Lord, hear us. Almighty God, you call us to be one with one another. Help us to put aside 
everything that divides us, unite us in mind and heart with one another. Make us your body in the world, salt to the earth and light to the world. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Join in hymn number 273, Gifts of Bread and Wine. Dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Accept our offerings, O Lord, we pray, and in sanctifying them, grant that they may profit us for salvation. 
We ask this through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For in the saints who consecrated themselves to Christ for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, it's right to celebrate the wonders of your providence, by which you call human nature back to its original holiness, and bring it to experience on this earth the gifts you promise in the new world to come. And so with the angels and saints, we praise you as without end we acclaim. Therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your Spirit upon them what the dew fall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more, giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the blessed apostles, 
St Bride and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages. We may merit to be coerced to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours forever and ever. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Boys and girls, we now at this point of the Mass offer each other a sign of peace and friendship. Let's offer one another a sign of peace and friendship. Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only through the work of my soul shall be healed.
Sweet. 
please join in hymn number 378, I Watch the Sunrise. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that receiving the grace by which you bring us to new life, we may always glory in your gift. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Thank you to all the boys and girls who have been here for their enrolment. You've been as good as gold. So... Thank you for all of your good singing and your attention during Mass and your preparation for today too. Thanks also to your teachers and the school community uh, for all of the support. Today is a, a very special day in the, in the life of the parish because it's the very first time that St. Charles is, uh, has had larger numbers uh, for the sacraments than St. Bride's. In all of the years that we've ever existed, this is the first time that they've kind of had larger numbers. So it's a, a sign of uh, the size of the school and the growth of the school itself. As you probably know, it's uh, 
one of the largest schools now in the area. When I first came here, it was one of the smallest of the schools. So we're delighted uh, all of that. It's so big that they're breaking out of their school that's only just built, and uh, there's a, a new bit going on to it already. So uh, that's a great sign uh, of everything that's going well in the school. So, so great to have the boys and girls here, their parents and family as well, and uh, nice to see you all here together. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Please join in our final hymn, number 303, Go, the Mass is Ended. Thank you. 